0: Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Let's give all of our serving teams a big, big hand. Yeah, man, you guys have been awesome. Wanna thank you and let's welcome all of our locations right now and everyone watching online. Wanna welcome you uh, to church today And, and I just wanna thank you, I wanna thank you. So many of you at all of our locations uh, that have really been serving your hearts out, literally, these last couple of weeks and and helping so many people start to get some type of stability uh, in their life. Um, You know, some of us weren't affected uh, by the storm at all, but some people in our church, they lost everything. And uh, there are still a lot of displaced people from the storm. And uh, many of you know our Midtown location is Red Cross Central Command, and it'll be that for the next few months as we uh, continue uh, to help people get back on their feet. And so church, I just wanna thank you so much for being the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, there's a scripture that says, you know, we, we weep with those who weep. And just as we rejoice with those who rejoice. And some people have been through a really, really difficult season and are still in one because of this storm. So I want to thank you for bringing Jesus and bringing light and bringing encouragement and bringing just God's love to their life. Thanks so much. Uh, All right. Are y'all ready to get into the word today? Okay. Let me, let me set you up for today's message. Today's message is going to be a little bit different. Okay. It's going to be more pastoral. Uh, there's some things on my heart that I want to share. It's going to be more pastoral, kind of more teaching. And, uh, and in a sense, we're going to have a come to Jesus meeting because Jesus is coming. And, uh, and, and there are several things that, uh, that we see right now that are just very significant prophetically. And, uh, and so I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you about readiness about readiness. I think um, uh, many times this subject gets overlooked in our walk with God and in our relationship with Jesus. But readiness is, is a huge principle of the New Testament, and it is a huge part of Jesus' teaching in the Gospels. This uh, of, of, of being ready and really how that fits in to really being a disciple, not just a follower of Jesus, but a disciple. Of Jesus, Let me uh, give you a theme scripture. I'm, I'm going to be talking about this for the next two weeks. Um, let me read this to you. This is out of Proverbs chapter four, verse 23. I want to read two translations of this. <clears throat> Look what it says. It says above all else. Everybody say above all else. Above. So I mean above all, all else like this is crucial. Look what it says. It says guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Then the New King James says it this way. It says, keep your heart with all diligence. That means you're putting a significant amount of energy towards guarding your heart, protecting your heart, making sure your heart is in the right place, making sure your heart is surrendered to the right person, as in Jesus, It says, keep your heart with all diligence. Look at this, for out of it spring the issues of life. Let me give you just a quick couple of definitions about these verses. That word guard there in the Hebrew, look what it means. It means to protect, to defend, to maintain, to watch over. Look, to establish boundaries. Everybody say boundaries. Boundaries of protection. And when it says keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life, let me give you the picture that the Hebrew language paints of this. It means to establish boundaries, to keep the source of life close and functioning and to escape from death and protect yourself from evil. How many of you know that's a pretty heavy definition? There's sometimes the English and Hebrew language, they don't line up, and the Hebrew gives us a, a kind of a bigger picture of what God's really trying to communicate. So I wanna talk about this crucial component of discipleship, this subject of readiness. I'm gonna kick it off this weekend, and then I'm gonna talk about it next weekend as well. And if I had a title for this message, it would be called Above All Else. Above All Else. Father, we just thank you for your word. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that, uh, God, you are in control. God, we thank you, Lord, that we belong to you, Jesus. God, help us, help us to be ready. God, help us to be ready to meet you. Help us, God, to, uh, to have our hearts in the right place. Teach us how to guard our hearts. And we give you all the thanks and all the praise. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. So if, uh, if any of you been uh, just kind of watching what's been going on with Israel and with some of these signs and some of these uh, 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 signs in the stars that have been happening over the last few days, how many of you, you none, none of you are on the in the back channels of the Internet into some conspiracy theory or something like that? Um, you might not know this, but I do want to tell you this. You know, everything that you read on the internet, it might not be 100% true. I don't don't know. Just just a thought. I've realized some things. But but I do want to say this, okay? Um, There are some very significant things going on right now in the world that have a lot of prophetic significance. And um, I preached a message out of Daniel a few years back in 2015, um, talking about these things and uh, and things that are coming. And so we're coming in. uh, I'm not going to get into a whole lot of things today with some really significant things going on with Israel. So when we talk about things prophetically significant, there's kind of three things to look at. There's the word of God. That's your foundation. Amen. Then there's there's the nation of Israel. So many things in the Bible speaking of, you know, um, the end times or the coming messianic age. When we say the end times, we're talking about the world as we know it, the dispensation of grace coming to an end and Jesus coming back to establish his millennial reign. So many things couldn't even be connected, make sense, or happen until Israel became a nation back in 1948. Okay, that's like the prophetic super sign uh, that kind of enables all of these things. And so, so next year will be 70 years since Israel has become a nation. And there's just a whole lot of things going on in the earth. So here's what I'm going to do. I want to give you a little bit of context. I'm not going to get into all that today because I want to talk about being ready. Okay. No one knows the day or the hour, but God speaks to us about being ready. And readiness is a huge subject of the Bible. But what I am going to do is in January, I'm going to do a series and it's going to be on eschatology. And so it's going to unpack the Bible and what the Bible says about um, the, the end times or the coming messianic uh, age, And we'll look at those things, what the Bible talks about, the catching away or the gathering of ourselves unto Jesus, Christ's second coming, the, the part of that that's the rapture. We'll look at the day of the Lord. We'll look at Christ's millennial reign. We'll look at the judgments. There's three different ju- judgments, seat of Christ, judgment of the nations, the great white throne judgment. Would that, would y'all like that? Would that interest? Y'all, I think it's important. It's important. Okay, so watch. Let me give you a little context here and then it's gonna tie in. to to what I'm talking about today, okay? Look at this scripture, Genesis 1, 14, it says, then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. A lot of times, when we think of the stars and the constellations, the cosmos, we we think, yeah, we use that for, for seasons, or our calendar, you know, times and days and years, but we don't necessarily think really what God says right off the bat what they're for and that's science, okay? So remember this, in in Bible days and for most of the part of human history, okay, we didn't have Google Sky, we didn't have GPSs, (laughs) All right, we didn't have satellites out in space. We're not sending people to the moon, all, all that kind of stuff. And, and for, for much of the part of human history, the sky, the constellations, they didn't know they were planets. They, they just called them stars or the constellations. That, that was like their map. I mean, that's how they got to point A to point B. That's how they knew. okay, fall is coming and this is coming. Okay, we need to plant uh, this and that. So a lot of these Jewish feasts that you see, okay, so, so Jesus fulfilled the first part of those feasts in the spring, the Passover, and that, that's when he came. There's fall feasts, okay, and that part hasn't been fulfilled yet by Jesus, but all of these feasts, the, 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 the people of Israel, they would go by the stars and the constellations to tell them what was taking place, okay? And so it's important to remember that that God does give us signs in the heavens. When you see that word heaven, when Jesus is talking about the heavens, not his father's house, not the third heaven, but the heavens, he's talking about, he's not talking about heaven where God is, he's talking about the sky and the stars and the space above this when he's talking about the heavens, okay? Remember, part of the meaning of the heavens are to give us signs. Here's a great example that we're all very familiar with, okay? When, When Jesus was born, what do we celebrate at Christmas? How did the wise men, how did they have an idea that, hey, this could actually be the time when the Messiah is born? What did they see? They saw the star. They saw the star there and like, man, this star has appeared and, and how they were reading uh, their, 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 you know, the old covenant and things like that and what they had learned. And, and this is important. I'm not talking about astrology. I'm talking about astronomy. Okay, Astrology is when you have this belief that the stars in themselves and the way they're aligned, they have power within themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like your zodiac and a what, whatever. You know, you were born on this month, so your, uh, your, your, your animal soulmate is a rat. You know what I'm saying? Like, which for some of you, that, I know that that seems like there's a huge connection of truth there. However, Okay, I'm not talking about that. We're just just talking about astronomy here. And so God, what he has always done is he gives us signs. Now, you know, when you look at things like eclipses and blood moons and all that, they happen all the time. God God has set all those patterns and all those kind of things. So that's why you would never look at something and, and say, well, hey, this in of itself, whatever. No, what do you do? You look, okay, well, how is this affecting how does this look in the Jewish calendar? How does this affect the feast what are, what does god what did God do with this in times past and so so there's all of these signs that are happening right now. one of them that just happened was this revelation twelve uh, verse one and two sign about the woman clothed in the sun with the 12 stars. It's a super, super rare sign. You can Google it. Please try to stay out of the conspiracy theory chat rooms. But it was all over the news. It was on CNN. Uh, it was on Fox. It was on all kinds of different uh, news feeds. It was on, on several local news stations because this was pretty significant. And it describes the woman in, uh, that was seen and in the heavens that says it's a significant sign, uh, that was, uh, that is portrayed there in the Bible. Okay. So here's what I want to say about these signs. When they happen, you have to take heart and you have to say, okay, God, are you saying something? It's not to do anything irrational or anything like that, or it, but what it is is this, it is, it is what I believe it's, it's irresponsible for leaders in the body of Christ with what is going on in Israel to see these significant signs in the heavens that God has always had a pattern of since Adam and Eve in giving us a sign, to just say, oh, that doesn't mean anything, whatever, you know, Jesus is gonna come, you know, whenever, whatever. I really think that that creates a reckless and careless attitude that does not promote the body of Christ being ready, okay? I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not talking about salvation, I'm talking about being ready. There's a lot of people saved, they're not ready. Do you see? And so, with all of these things happening, what we do is we say, okay God, what are you, what are you saying to us? And in history, if you look at in the Bible and things like that, um, there, a lot of these signs, remember this, we're in the dispensation of grace. So the main thing that God's always communicating is what? That people need to repent. People need to come to Jesus. From an eternal perspective, the time is short. Are you, are you following me? God's, God's calling out to mankind. He's trying to get mankind's uh, attention and God always wants um, people to come to him. And so I would just say that as these things are happening, as disciples of Jesus, we need to take this, okay, God, what are, what are you saying? Lord, I want to make sure that I'm ready, okay? I want to make sure that no one knows the day or the hour. That's absolutely true. But Jesus said that that day should not overtake you as a thief. You should have an idea. You ought to be able to look at the seasons and the times and what's going on around the world. And I will tell you this, with the signs since 2015 that have been happening With Israel, what it all points to, including, uh, not Romans, Revelation 1 and two, the woman that's closed with the sun, with the stars, that's the constellation Virgo that appeared over Jerusalem this weekend, what it does point to is conflict is coming. Conflict is coming in the natural and in the spiritual. Things are gonna be shaken, so we need to rejoice that we are in a kingdom that cannot be shaken and that God is in control, but God, God does want to get people's attention. Is so everybody following me? Okay. So, so I'm going to kind of do a, a, a series in January. Let me just give you a couple of scriptures though. And then it's going to tie into what I'm talking about because there is a very strong tie in here. tie in here. Look at someone near you and say, he's going somewhere. He's going somewhere. Real quick, look what it says in Psalm 19, one through four. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Look, day unto day utter speech. It's speaking to us. Constellations speak to us. Do, do you see? Well, an eclipse doesn't really mean anything in and of itself, but is it, is it tied into other things? What a lot of astronomers Believe is, because they do these programs where they can do the, how the planets rotate and all that. So they, they, it was interesting, I was reading this, that Nineveh, if you know the story of Jonah and Nineveh, how Jonah went to preach in Nineveh. And of course, Jesus said, you know, no sign will be given except the sign of Jonah, talking about um, the, 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 the messianic age and the dispensation of grace. But what they say is, is that a solar eclipse happened over Nineveh right before Jonah got there. And because those people there took that as a pay attention, a warning, not the end of the world. Solar eclipses happen every day somewhere around the world. But when it happens in the context of a specific area or nation or whatever, if you believe in God and you have a biblical worldview and you believe that the constellations utter speech, then what we take that is not in of itself, but we say, okay, God, what are, you, what are you saying? Is there something I need to take heart? So in Nineveh, what they say is that solar eclipse appeared right before Jonah got there, and what did it do? Back in those days, people really took those signs as like, oh my gosh. So when Jesus was crucified, remember, a huge solar eclipse took place, and there were earthquakes, and there were all these uh, things like that. People took that, it's like ominous. So. A lot of theologians say the reason, you know, all of Nineveh repented, even the animals. Did you ever see that in that story? Like, I mean, that king of Nineveh, he like, he put the animals in sackcloth. Like, they were. watch. The signs didn't do anything of themselves, but it prepared them to receive God's word so they would be ready. That's all I'm saying, okay? We wanna be ready. Look what Jesus says. Look, Luke... 21, 25 through 28. Look what, this is Jesus, okay? It says there will be signs in where? The sun, the moon, and in stars. Signs. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars, and on earth, look, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and waves roaring. Look, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. The powers of what? The heavens, the constellations are gonna be shaken. Then, there's a period of time, it says then, after these, you know, then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now look, now when these things begin to happen, some theologians say these are the beginning of sorrows, that they're not really sure when this starts in a little bit and then leads into the seven-year tribulation period that I'll talk about in January. Then it says, now when you see these begin to happen, look, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. Everything that God does is about saving humanity. Everything. We are the redeemed. We don't have anything to fear. God did not appoint us under wrath, but unto salvation, the Bible says. And in fact, Jesus coming back, the reason there has to be judgment on the, on the earth is because God's renovating the earth, there's judgment for sins for those who reject Jesus, but there's a renovation of the earth so the earth can be set up for, for God's eternity in the millennial reign of Jesus. Man, come on, it's an earth. There's no more tears. There's no more death. There's peace. It's like the garden. It's like the garden of, of, of Eden. It's like a massive renovation, okay? So, so it's important to remember this. Look, here's what Jesus says, and here's what you'll see in all these parables, okay? He talks about the powers of heaven being shaken. And then there's all these scriptures like the earth will toss to and fro, reel to and fro like a drunkard. The mountains will be moved out of their place. The, 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 you know, the flood, the seas roaring, the floods. Here's what's gonna happen and here's what's leading into my heart message, okay? What all these passages describe is God. Remember, the Bible says that the entire universe is upheld by the word of his power, Okay? Just like I read in Genesis, his word is holding all these things together. But in the end times, before the Messianic age, what God is going to do, he's going to begin to remove his hand. He's going to give people of the world that don't want a relationship with him what they've always wanted, and that's a world without him. And that world will not last very long. And when he begins to lift his hand, what we're going to see is we're going to see boundaries that for so long we have relied upon for safety and peace and security. The boundaries where the sea and the shore meet. God says, I've drawn out those boundaries where the sea is, where the land is. The boundaries of our gravity of how the stars and all that work, the heavens are going to be shaken. God's going to with, pull back his hand. And all of a sudden, all the boundaries that we've relied on for so long for safety and security, those boundaries are going to begin to come undone. And that's why in all these parables, when Jesus is talking about the boundaries on the outside of the world going away and the mayhem and chaos that follows, he also speaks to our hearts. And what he basically says is, make sure that you have boundaries in your heart. If you have boundaries in your heart, if you're guarding your heart, if your heart is in the right place, if you have boundaries on the inside, you won't be shaken when the boundaries are taken away on the outside. Are you following me? So every single time when Jesus refers to this end of the age, when the boundaries are gonna be, you can go read the parables for yourself. You can read revelations for yourself. You will see it. There's there's cosmic disturbance. The boundaries are being removed. And what's gonna happen is, If we don't have boundaries in our hearts, if we don't have boundaries on the inside, then we're not gonna be ready when the boundaries are removed on the outside. So everybody follow me. I want you to be ready. I want you to be ready. I'm not talking about being saved. I I mean, I am talking about that, I'm including that. You're in big trouble if you don't have that. I, I want us to go beyond from being saved to being ready. Okay, I have to give an account when I stand before God for what I preached and what I presented to you from this pulpit. And I wanna make sure that my conscience is clean and that I have spoken the word of God that I've encouraged and I've warned that I've brought a good balance. I've talked about Jesus' love, but I've also, we're, we're, we're talking about, like today, so many people, I think, especially in in America, especially in, in these uh, in the world as we know it, it's like they know Jesus as Savior, they don't know Him as Lord. And they, they say a prayer, there, there's not real repentance done in their lives. They say a prayer, they receive Jesus as Lord, and yes, they're saved. Church, here's what I'm trying to say the days of, of us just kind of playing church and only knowing Jesus as Savior, those days are about to come to an end. You better know Jesus as Lord, you better be ready. Okay? So watch this. So let me, let me give you these scriptures here, okay? Now he, so, so with that context, I want you to think about this. With that kind of filter, what I just said, think about these passages of scripture right now. Mark four eighteen nineteen. 19. Here's what Jesus says. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, they hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth... And the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So watch, where do those things come in? They come into our hearts. So we have to have a structure around our hearts that keep us from being directed by greed, by worry, by anxiety, are you following me? Look at this scripture, Luke 21, 34 through 36. Jesus says, be careful. Everybody say, be careful. In other words, be on guard, be careful. Look, look, your hearts or your hearts. It's this word, your heart or your hearts. This Luke 21 is a great chapter to read about the coming messianic age. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And look, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Look, be always on the watch. Are we watching? I oh, that doesn't mean nothing. Oh, Israel becoming aid, that doesn't mean nothing. Oh, all that kind of stuff there, that doesn't mean nothing. Oh, that sound the heaven, that doesn't mean nothing. You know, Revelation twelve, that coming around once every few thousand years or whatever that is, that doesn't mean nothing. You know, Jesus is gonna come with ever in the world, always kinda gonna be like this. You know, I said a prayer and I come to church, you know. Go ahead but you won't be ready, you won't be ready. What it says, it says, be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you will be able to stand before the son of man. I don't know about you, but you know what? I wanna be ready in my heart. I wanna have the right boundaries around my heart, so when the boundaries of this world disappear, come on, my heart's in the right place with God. I've dealt with the tribulation on the inside, so I don't have to face the tribulation on the outside, and I'm going to be standing with Jesus because my redemption is in him. Amen. I know some of y'all don't like this, but this will save your soul. Think about this, look what Jesus says, Matthew twenty two thirty seven 37 through 39. Jesus said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Do you see that the heart, the heart is everything. Above all else, guard your heart. Your heart has to be in the right place for you to love God and for you to love others. If it's not in the right place, your heart is not ready. If it's not protected, it's not ready. Look what we say here in Matthew 6, This is one of our, it's really our mission scripture here at Celebration, along with the Great Commission. Look, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things. In other words, all the things that you would worry about, that's what it says in the subsequent verses there, all the things you would worry about, have anxiety about, that would try to pull your heart down, that would try to weigh you down, that would try to, you know, all these kind of things. You just look, you focus on Jesus, and his righteousness, that word righteousness, watch. It means righteous patterns or right patterns, habits, disciplines. Do you see? It's where we get the word disciples, a disciplined follower of Jesus. Now here's where I'm going today. You can know if you're ready. You can know if you're ready. And that is this, if you have patterns, habits, or we could say the discipline in your life that puts those boundaries around your heart so that your heart stays in the right place. I want to talk to you about two things for the next 10 minutes. I want to talk to you about discipline and obedience. Discipline and obedience two old school words that people don't like. So that's why we're talking about them. Okay. Uh, Carrie. out, we, we our, our youngest daughter, Annabelle, and she was just so defiant when she was little. Just how many of you have one of those strong, uh, she just, she going to do it her way, do it her way. And when she was little, I was trying to teach her this concept of obedience you obey daddy, you do what daddy says, you know, you obey. Because Annabelle was like, everything we, you know, we tell her to do this, she wouldn't do it. And then if, if we told her don't do that, she would do it. I mean, she was just that kind of kid. And I think it was one uh, day we went in a room and she had gotten into this habit where all the Barbies that we would give her, she cut all their hair off. Anybody, any other, I don't know what it is about these young girls and Barbies. I don't know if it's this inner desire to be a beauty stylist or something like that. There's, and they start cutting the hair and it doesn't look right so they just shave the head. But Annabelle, every every Barbie that we gave her, eventually she gonna find some scissors, she gonna cut the hair off. She has like 15 shaved head Barbies in her room. Size so honors, we just got her this, another doll, Barbie, whatever. I'm like, look, you're not gonna cut this. You're not gonna cut this hair. Okay, don't do it. Sure enough, you're gonna obey daddy, obey daddy. Sure enough, what happens? I come back that afternoon or the next day or whatever, Barbie's head, she found some scissors, she done cut the hair off. So I was like, Annabelle, obey. Do you, you? know, I'm trying to get this word, obey. Daddy told you to obey. Do you, do you, when you obey, you do what daddy says. And she finally looked up to me with this look of like this aha moment, and she said, obey. And I said, yes, yes, obey. That's it, you do what daddy says. I don't know how old she is, one and a half, two, whatever the age is. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, I'm about to have a parenting win. And she's like, obey. And I was like, yes. And she goes, I don't like that word. And I think many of us, we don't like that word. Because when we think of obedience, we think of God restricting us. We think of, you know, we're probably not gonna do it really well. But the key to obedience is discipline. Let me give you a definition of discipline, okay? Discipline is simply a structure for readiness and growth. That's all discipline is. It is a structure... For readiness and growth. In other words, we put things around our hearts in our lives that gives us a structure for growth. Carrie has a great, uh, some great thoughts on this in her book Rhythms of Grace. Discipline provides a place for grace to land. It's a structure for growth. Just like if you were planting, if you had, if you had a plant and you wanted it to, to grow, you can't just you know take the little plant and just throw it out in your yard. No, what you gotta put? You gotta put it in a structure. You gotta put it in a pot. You gotta have some soil in there. You gotta give it a structure for growth. That's why God says this. God says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. Those who have planted themselves in a structure for growth are gonna grow and be ready. It doesn't say those who come to church every now and then are gonna flourish. It says those who are planted, it's a structure for growth. That's what discipline is. And if you have discipline in your life, if you have these certain boundaries around your heart, that's how it's go- obedience is just gonna come a lot more naturally, so to speak. Let me give you a definition of obedience. Obedience is being God-directed, not self-directed. That's what obedience is. Obedience is being God-directed, not self-directed. And there's just way too many people that know Jesus, they know him as savior, but they don't know him as Lord. And even though Jesus is their savior, they're living lives that are very self-directed. But if you're gonna be ready, you can't just be self-directed, you have to be God-directed. That's what we're talking about here today. That there's structure, there's disciplines in your life around your heart And that becomes a ground for readiness and growth and obedience so that your life can be God-directed and not self-directed. So many people today, so many people that call themselves Christians today, they they don't even, they don't even, they can't even tell the difference between being God-directed and self-directed. Look at this parable here. Look what Jesus says, Luke. Jesus said to them, look, watch out. Everybody say watch out. Watch out, this is Jesus. Watch out! Be on your guard. Guard your heart against all kinds of what? Greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. And he told him this parable. Look, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. So let's just put this in modern terms. Talking about money, okay? He's talking about this, this guy's money, his resources. Look what happens. It says he thought to himself. So the first mistake he makes. He's determining. He's going to be self-directed with what God has given him, instead of God-directed. Now he could have set up a structure if he knew Jesus, where most of these decisions, in some way, shape, or form, were kind of taken care of. Come on, like tithing, like being generous, like whatever. So a lot of these things he's not even he's not even thinking about, and he's keeping his heart in the right place. Look what it says. Says the ground of a certain, look, he thought to himself, look, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Look, then he said, this is what I'll do. Here's the interesting thing. He wasn't even asking the right questions because he's self-directed. He says, here's what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. I'll say to myself, look, self, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Look, Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said, are you, are you seeing this? This is Jesus speaking. But God said, you fool. You fool. What's the beginning of wisdom? The fear of the Lord. He's totally self-directed. And God says, look, you fool this very night. What? Your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever. Everybody say whoever. Whoever stores up things for themselves, but is what? But is not rich towards God. If you're not rich towards God, you will be ruined by the world. But if you are rich towards God, you will be ready to meet God. I'm not talking about salvation I'm talking about readiness, and I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about your life and your energy and your resources. Here's what I'm trying to say. Is Jesus Lord of your life or not? Or is he a component of your life that you just wanna lean on for forgiveness and salvation? If that's all Jesus is to you, you're not ready. You're not gonna be ready. So let me, let me just give you a, a, a few things right here. And we talk about guards, okay? These are just, I got five things. Five's a number of grace, okay? And by the way, listen, what about grace? What about grace? We're saved by grace. The grace of God is all over our lives. God loves us no matter what. God is for us no matter what. It's grace, Great. can we get beyond grace? just being saved by grace. We're saved by grace, but we're created for good works. You have a purpose. If it's all about just being saved by grace, then why don't we just go on straight to heaven and sing Kumbaya and all that kind of other stuff. I'm telling you that God has things for us to do before the end, and when you stand before Jesus, you want to hear, well done, good and faithful, faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Did you see this? Did you, did you see that? P- put that, the end of that scripture back up there. Put that up there. Look. Get out of the way so everybody can see it. Look what God says. You fool. This night your life will be demanded from you. Do you understand we're going to give an account? There's responsibility. We all have responsibility. We have resp- we're responsible for our lives. So here's what I wanna do in my last, well, I have 35 seconds left, so I'm going three minutes longer, at least. And you're gonna like this one, this first one here, okay? So let's talk about this. Let's just talk about, these are basic all over the Bible. Five guardrails, put around your heart, so you'll be ready, okay? First of all, you have a relationship with Jesus, right? So you have to spend time with God. There has to be some component of your life where you're, even if it's five minutes in the morning, it's something that you're getting up and you're communing with God in his word, okay? There's so, go to you version. We have a chapter a day. There's just so many things out there. You, you have to spend time with God for your heart to be guarded and for you to be ready, okay? That's the foundational thing of worship. Let's talk about church, okay? Church. You have to make church a priority in your life. And I wanna commend every single person that came to church today because the Jaguars kicked off at 9.30. I know it was really difficult for some of you. I tell you what, give yourselves a hand right now that you prioritized God over sports. But see, here's what I'm talking about. Well, yeah, we just come to church. No, but Bible says, "Do not forsake yourselves, gathering together, as you see the day approaching." Man, when we talk about being planted in the house of God, Jesus, is my, look, I'm not doing sports Sunday morning. My kids aren't doing sports. Sunday morning, I, you've got to learn how to draw a line somewhere on the inside that tells people what kind of person that you are. If it's the Jags one morning, and then it's this the other morning, and then you're just hung over because your college football team lost, and then you've got, well, here's this race on Sunday morning, and here's this, like, we're, like, like if, 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 we, if we can't draw a simple boundary around our heart that worshiping Jesus an hour and 15 or maybe an hour and 20 minutes this week, you think you're ready? You're not ready. Okay, same thing with the same thing with Christian community. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. There has to be some component of Christian community in your life. You're on a serving team. You're in some type of group. Like, like if you're not in some type of Christian community where, where is, there's that relational one another component, serving, all that kind of stuff. So many things happen in the dynamic of a smaller group than a, a big room. If you don't have that in your life, you're just not gonna be ready. You're just, you're just not. That's why we have the, the, the growth track. You know those four steps? guardrails. It's just a process to put discipline in your life to give you a structure for growth so you don't have to worry about being ready. You know that you are ready. That's what boundary does. It puts your heart in a place where it's in a state of readiness. So let's, let's talk about this. Hold on real quick. They said I could have three more minutes By the way, I think the Jaguars are winning like 50 to nothing. 47. 44 to 7. Have you been watching the game on your phone? Haven't you listened to anything? Let me tell you something. When the Jags are winning 44 to 7, the end is near. Okay, the end is near. I mean, I... I would put that right up there with the Revelation 12 sign. So watch, okay? So watch, watch. Now let's talk about a couple of serious ones here, okay? Your money, your resources. Do do you know how much is in the New Testament specifically about money in your heart? Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Do you know how much is in the Bible about covetousness and greed and how giving or being generous or tithing to God, it's like taking a shot. It's an inoculation between greed and covetous. You know what? I don't want to have to worry when I give an account to God like that guy in the parable. I don't want to have to worry was I rich towards God. I'm going to just establish a boundary. Bare minimum I'm going to do is tithe. I don't have to worry about that. I'm ready for that. I was rich toward God. Here's what God said. He didn't say there was a problem with being rich. He said there's a problem with being rich and not being rich towards God. And that, watch, what, what? some of you are like, well, I don't make enough money. Here's the, look, there's, it's all about the sacred percentage of you showing God that he is Lord of your life and you are trusting him and not your money. And the reason that so many people's hearts are weighed down is because they're worrying about money. They have anxiety about money. They have deceitfulness of riches because they think money can give them something that only Jesus can give them. Just like Jesus said, all kinds of greed. Are you following me here? Watch, watch. I'm I'm trying to... If you're not giving, if God is not getting some component of your money... You're not ready. Your heart's not ready. You can't even deal with that issue on the inside. These are things with, this is what separates followers from disciples. I'm saying in the days that we live in, playing the fence, being halfway, there's too much pain. There's too much stuff going on. There's too much anxiety, all that, everything that's happening in our world today. Listen, being a Christian is not hard. Being a halfway Christian is very hard, almost impossible. Okay. Two more, two more things. Maybe there's six. Because seven is the millennial age. Watch. <laughs> Watch. Um your sex life. One of the first things that the disciples, the apostles say in the book of, of, of Acts right off the bat, number one, Jesus is Lord. In other words, only Jesus saves. It's not Jesus and other gods. It's not Jesus one of many, okay? It's not adding Jesus to your life. Jesus is Lord, he is the only way to heaven. That's what they were communicating. and then they said, teach them as soon as you can, teach the, because these were non-Jewish, Gentile believers, teach them as soon as you can to abstain from sexual immorality, okay? Because in their lifestyle, it was just all over the place, whatever you wanted, all this kind of stuff, okay? Nothing can corrupt and affect your heart. Nothing will corrupt that more than having no boundaries in your sex life. And God gives very specific boundaries in that thing when it comes to marriage with a man and a woman. However, listen, in today's world that we live in, you don't have to go looking for stuff, it'll come to you. Are you following me? It'll, it'll, it'll come to, so, so like when we talk about, and maybe some of you are, are struggling uh, with porn or things like that, listen, God loves you and God wants to set you free and he will set you free, but you have to get some boundaries in your life. You have to have a structure for growth and that's what these things do. Church and the word and a, and, a, and a group. That's a great thing about recovery groups or AA or what, you know, th- these other groups. It, it provides that, that community there. And so there's things like filters on your computers or, or, or I think every husband and wife, I think whether there's services that you can sign up for that we sign up for, we can see everything that comes on the computer. Doesn't matter what filter you have on there or not, and if you got kids, you better get that. I can see. I don't care what kind of filter they get. carrying, and I can see every single website, every single YouTube video, everything. Well, why? Because I want to guard our hearts. I want to help my kids guard their hearts. I want to guard that. So, if you're just wide open sexually, if you if you're not if you're not having a Purity and doing your best to resist temptation, you're not gonna be ready. So maybe, you know, maybe all of, you, you know, all of y'all don't struggle with that. I'm like a normal guy, so I can be tempted like anybody else. I don't have to go looking for it, it comes to me. I can pull up my phone right now. I can go look at the JAG score, and I guarantee you, in a matter of time, whether I'm on ESPN or whatever, something's gonna pop up at me, and it's gonna be an image, and it's gonna be a woman and it's going to say hmm click here and it was going to say hmm click on this hmm click on comes to me so since you know i maybe you other guys don't struggle with that at all like i'm a normal guy i'm i'm i'm, I'm I, as beautiful as my wife is you know i know it's hard to believe that You know, men might struggle with temptation when images are constantly popping up at them, but you know what? I'm gonna guard my heart. I'm not gonna be like King David and think that just because I'm a man of God that I can stroll out and open myself up to whatever's coming into view off that balcony and think that I'm above fallen, and you better think that same way. Somebody needs to clap right there. I'm trying to be real with y'all. And this is the last thing. This really is the last thing. See, think about this. You came to church, the Jags won. Everything, you can get ready now. You need, you need to tell the people that didn't, I'm gonna deal with them next week. So y'all come back, y'all come back next weekend because y'all gonna feel great for prioritizing God over church. But listen, let me talk to, this is important, what affects our hearts, unforgiveness. Some of you, you've been hurt, you've been done wrong, Something unjust has happened to you and that unforgiveness is affecting your heart and it's gonna weigh it down. And where that leads is into a, leads you into a bad place that can put you in a place where you're not ready because you're giving place to the enemy through unforgiveness. Listen, until Jesus comes back, this life will not be fair. It will not. When Jesus comes back, it's gonna be fair, 100%. It's not fair now. Injustice is rampant and it will continue to be rampant until Jesus comes and we can fight for justice, we can do our very best, but at the end of the day, we're living in a fallen, broken world, in an evil world, and what you have to decide is the kind of person you're gonna be and you're gonna not let somebody else affect you being ready to meet Jesus, can I have a good amen to that? So here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna close right now. I'm gonna close right now. I'm gonna please ask no one move. But I I'll just wanna give a few minutes here where we can do some repentance. We can do some repentance. Some of us, it's one of those things I talked about. You just need to do some repentance. Here's what repentance does. Repentance immediately leads to readiness. Here's how it goes. Repentance, readiness, revival. How many of you want to have a revival in this day and age and be blessed no matter what's going on on the outside? Here's what when Jesus came, you know what his first thing he said was? Repent. How many of you think the first thing out of Jesus's mouth is something we ought to talk about every now and then? Repent. What does repent do? Repent says, you know what? I'm no longer being self-directed and these areas whether it's Jesus not being Lord, some of you, he, he's not, you don't even have a relationship with him, but I'm not gonna be, I'm repenting for not prioritizing your house. I'm repenting, Lord, for not prioritizing your word. I'm repenting for for not for not having Christian community. I'm repenting for not tithing or, or giving towards you. I'm repenting for harboring this unforgiveness. I'm repenting for having my, 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 my not stewarding my sexual life. Watch, Lord, I'm no longer being self-directed in these areas. I repent, I'm gonna be God-directed. I'm gonna be God-directed. Are you gonna be perfect? No. Are you gonna make mistakes? Yes. That's what grace is for. Grace is to fill the gap as we're falling short, but what we don't wanna do is use grace as an excuse to be careless and sloppy and reckless and not be ready. Or here's what'll happen. Listen, here's what'll happen. You'll be saved, but you won't be ready. I want to be ready. When I give an account, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want you to be ready. When I stand before God, I want to be able to say, God, I told them to be ready. I want you to be ready. I want you to bow your heads right now. If you just say, Stovall, I I need to repent. Maybe it's one of those things that you mentioned. Maybe it's several of those things. You know you need to repent. You've been self-directed in some of those areas, and you have not provided yourself discipline, a structure through habits and practices for growth. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes, hands are up everywhere. Hands are up everywhere. You can put them down. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. Look, I want you to repent. Just repent right now. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name, or we repent. Whatever those things are, just repent. God, we just we're gonna put discipline, we're gonna give, put a structure around our hearts. Lord, where our patterns, our behavior will be God-directed, not self-directed, where we'll honor you, Lord. And God, we repent. Lord, we don't just want to be saved. We do, we do want to be saved, but we want to be ready. Now, I wanna ask this question, just keep your heads down. I, I've, I believe the Holy Spirit is doing some really deep work in many of you. If you say, Stovall, I'm away from God, I don't even know if my heart's in the right place at all. I don't, I'm not sure if I've really surrendered my heart to Jesus. Or maybe you did at one time, but you're far from God. You know God's talking to you. You need to surrender your heart to Jesus. You want to make sure that you're saved and that he is your Savior and your Lord because only his kingdom is going to be the kingdom that cannot be shaken. Salvation's only in him. If you say, Stovall, I need to surrender my heart to Jesus, I want you to lift your hand right now. Wherever you are, lift it high. Be bold. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, lift it high. Be bold. Don't be ashamed. Lift those hands. So many hands are going up right now all over this place. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do this at all of our locations. I want you to put your hands down. I want everybody to look up at me. If you raised one of your hands, not for the five things of repentance, but you don't know if you've really surrendered your heart and your life to Jesus as your savior and Lord. Right now, you're gonna be able to obey what Jesus said and that is repent for the kingdom of heaven is near And I don't know where you are, but God is going to come into your life and you are going to be saved. You are going to be forgiven. You are going to be transferred from darkness into light. And you're not going to face all that judgment and stuff that's coming upon the world. At the count of three, I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up in front of everybody. I want you to make a public... Declaration on the count of three, and don't miss out on this. Are you ready? One, two, three, stand up. Stand up right now. Be bold, stand up. Yes, all of our locations, stand up. Don't be ashamed, man. Don't be ashamed of the Gospel. Yes. Here's what I'm gonna do, stay standing, repeat this prayer. Repeat this prayer and, and and church, repeat this as well because we're gonna get in on the repentance. Many of them is for surrender and salvation. Ours is gonna be for the those other things we were talking about. Say this prayer, come on, meet it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent. God, I turn from a life of being self-directed to a life in you. That is God directed. Jesus, I repent of my sins. And Lord, I receive your forgiveness and everlasting life. Lord, I give you my heart. I surrender my heart to you. I ask you to fill my heart. Give me the Holy Spirit. Lord, from this day forward, I follow you, not only as my Savior, but also as my Lord. I'm gonna be ready, God. I'm gonna be ready, God. And Lord, I thank you for your mercy in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's worship God one more time. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.